You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello everyone and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson with NRM Streamcast and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah at gmail.com and of course I will answer as many questions as I can or you can go to our our webpage at letstalktorah.net that's letstalktorah.net you can check out the archives you can uh, search for stuff. You can listen to the new shows. You can send questions and comments that way. And, of course, the all-important donate button. Um, that would be most appreciated and most helpful so we can take care of our expenses here and we can spread the word and we can uh, let the show increase. Tell your friends about it. Hit that donate button. And, of course, if you'd like a shout-out or anything, just put it in the comments and we'll take care of it. And, of course, if you'd like to leave that donation anonymous, um, we're okay with that as well. And again, I thank you in advance. So last show, again, for those who are just tuning in and maybe listening to the show a few weeks after we've already produced it, um, but of course, um, we're, we're just reeling from the tragedies taking place in Israel right now, that attack by those terrorist murderers, uh, Hamas, that uh, they, they attacked and, and killed and butchered all those women and children and took pictures and videos and they are just barbaric, subhuman and but calling names of course of no value and of no help. And who knows what the next week will bring. Tomorrow of course is Friday the thirteenth and there's all kinds of uh, stuff going around online and they've called for a worldwide jihad and so the schools and Synagogues, everybody has to beef up security and everyone has to know just to be careful. And again, we, by the time you're listening to this show, hopefully um, God will take care of everybody and everybody will be safe. That's what we're hoping for and praying for. So I sort of didn't finish my thought at the end of the last show. If you didn't listen to the last show, we had a lot of good stuff to talk about, a lot of things to think about what what we should be thinking and how we should be acting and responding to what's going on, of course, with all these terrorists, with all these murderers, how they're acting, what our response should be, what the schools are doing, what people are doing. The the I told a friend last night, he agreed, of course. Um, you know, Israel's always been a place where people could be at each other's necks, except when there's a tragedy. As soon as the Arabs attack every single time, the, the, everybody becomes friends. There's a peace, a shalom, a, a friendship, a camaraderie ship, and everybody gets together. And by the way, when everyone gets together, that's exactly what protects the Jewish people. God loves peace. He loves prayer. We talked a lot about prayer in the last show. And God loves peace. And when we're friendly and we take care of each other, in this case, we're all praying for each other. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter how you sound. Doesn't matter how you act. 
but everyone's busy praying for everybody else. That level of togetherness, that in itself is what creates um, the salvation for the Jewish people. But we were talking that um, that there's a lot of comparisons to the Yom Kippur War. So we started talking some of the miracles. At the end of the last show, some of the miracles in the Yom Kippur War. I just had one more that I wanted to to point out, and uh, but and there's multiple miracles that took place during the Yom Kippur War 50 years ago, and uh, that was the the Egyptian tank column it was just driving right through the country like there was no one around. I mean, it was in the synagogue praying. Um, maybe similar to what happened on Simchas Torah, right? Everybody's in synagogue, everybody's uh, celebrating. And the, so the, the um, Egyptian tank column was just like going right through the country on its way to Tel Aviv. That's a bad thing. Right? Enemy tanks in the middle of your country, and no one is stopping them. You got to go after each one. They could cause destruction not to be believed. And then they stopped. They just stopped. And no one knows why. And the Egyptians don't know why. There was just no good reason that the tanks stopped when they did. And that a couple of hours or however long it was that they stopped allowed the army to mobilize and attack that column and stop that column before it got into a residential area. It's unbelievable. The point being that as 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 horrific as the beginning of the Yom Kippur War was, but God did all these miracles, and everybody saw God's miracles, and many people realized that they had to change their way of life, and they became religious because of it. Is that what's going to happen here? I have no idea. I don't know what God's plans are. I don't know what miracles God is ready to serve up to help the Jewish people. What will be, what will happen? Sounds terrible. We're going to have to sort of sit back and wait and see. I don't know God's miracles. Now, will God be doing those miracles if I just sit back? No. I'm going to have to pray. I'm going to have to increase my level of charity. I'm going to have to increase my concentration in my prayer, my amount of prayer, my amount of Torah study, my amount of kindness and and helping people and taking care of people. Of course, I mean, I, I was just speaking to somebody in Israel. We we're getting ready for a big fundraiser in about a month. So he lives in Ramat Bey Shemesh. So, of course, the schools are closed. I can't say they're still closed, but but the last few days, for sure, they were closed. And he said, it's unbelievable what's happening in the neighborhood. The children are just children, teenagers. They're baking food and getting supplies and, and getting it to a place where people can deliver it to the soldiers and and they're helping people, and people are taking care of people. Like the, the outpouring of caring and love is unbelievable. There's a, a rabbi in Passaic, I don't remember his name, and I guess he has a son in Israel. So that son was called up on Simchasar, was called up into the reserve immediately. So what do you think happens? So two Hasidic guys show up at the, at the door and say, we know your husband just was called up in the reserves, um, we're here to take down your sukkah. And another lady comes and says, oh, I know your husband was just taken. You're probably very busy. Um, I'm going to clean your dishes. And this one came and said, let me take care of the children. You're probably very busy with other things where your husband was sent away. That's what we do, right? We immediately take care of each other. 
which is just a fascinating, amazing thing. So again, the tragedy is terrible. It is overwhelming. How people are going to get through the tragedy, I have no idea. Right? It's it's amazing. It's terrible. But we will see. Um, I'm sure many people have already been affected by it. The outpouring of caring and love, and friendship that will that will just sprout up um, as the Jewish people take care of each other. And of course, we said a lot in the last show. Um, the the amount of prayer that will that is being created, the amount of prayer that is happening, the tens of thousands, the hundreds of thousands of children that are praying for people that they don't know, they never met, they probably, if they saw them in the street, wouldn't even know to say hello to them, but it doesn't matter. We pray for our brothers. That's it. And that in itself is amazingly powerful. So we're talking about, the little bit of time we have, we're talking about the creation of the world. So every day in the creation of the world, there's stuff to be learned. There's lessons to be learned. There's things we can't fathom. I was telling my son, there are certain questions, many questions, that you can ask when you read this first chapter about the creation of the world. There seems to be a lot of detail, and at the same time, we're clueless. What does it mean God created the world from nothing? How did he create? What's the creation? What's going on? Where... We're really pretty clueless. The, all these stories are, for the most part, beyond a a personal comprehension. We we just don't have the details, the knowledge, the understanding. We just don't have it. But what we do see, what we do know, there's a lot of stuff to learn. Uh, on every day, every day, there there's what to learn. Okay. So the first day. Right? God creates heaven and earth, and it says God created light. Now, it's interesting. The sun and the moon are not in their proper position till day four. But the first day has been created, the idea of day and night, the idea of time. All that's been created on the first day, and there's this light. The Talmud says this first day was a special light. There was a special light that was created. It was a special light. What was this special light? So they explain that this was a light, a very special light that was put away because its purpose um, uh, wasn't going to be for now. But it was a light that you could see from one end of the world to the other. You could see around the world. We obviously can't see very far. First of all, our eyesight's not so good. But even if your eyesight is good, right? But the world curves. You, you can't see so far, right? Whatever the official scientific horizon distance that a person can see, you can't see that far. And even if you could see, what you could see is pretty unclear. But this light was a special light that you could actually see everything, anywhere, whatever you wanted. And the purpose of this light was that you could learn from others. You could watch someone study. You could watch someone do acts of kindness. You could watch somebody visit the sick. Um, you could watch somebody fulfill certain commandments. And as you, you could watch people be kind. You could watch how people 
um, understand how to deal with children. So the idea of the light was that you would use it to learn to be a better person. But God understood um, that you're also going to have people using it. To, how can I rob this bank? How can I uh, come up with some quip that's uh, nasty? How can I learn to be mean? There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things that you could look at that are not appropriate and learn the wrong lesson. So even though God created it, because it was something that has a good purpose in the future when the Messiah comes, but for the way people are now, or would be, it would not be of good use. So God put it away. On this, I saw an amazing story. Even though God put it away, but for certain special holy people, it still exists. And one such person was uh, the Babasali. Babasali was a very spiritual, religious leader of the Sarada community. And um, we're familiar that in, in Mexico, um, I mean, I, I don't remember, and I can't tell you the time when Jews started moving to Mexico, early 1900s. And in the early 1900s, they, uh, they had it good and they started building wealth. And um, as Mexico started having issues, so you had these gangs, cartels, that one of the ways they made money was they would kidnap family members from wealthy people, and Jews were no exception, and they would uh, ask for humongous ransoms, and as long as you pay the ransom, you uh, could get your family member back. And one of these stories, they kidnapped a, a girl and they wanted $60 million for ransom. So nobody wants to pay ransom, right? If you have to, you have to, right? But going to the police was really of no help because the police, for the most part, the police were not powerful enough to take care. If they knew exactly what they were doing and where they were going and who they were going after, yes. But in general, they were not hunting down these kidnappers. So the uncle of the girl went to Israel, and he went to the Babasali, and he said, what should we do? So the Babasali thought for a few minutes, and he said, bring me a paper and pen. Brought him a paper and pen, and he drew him a picture, and he said, you know, in Mexico, when you're in this area by this tree, um, you got to take 20 policemen with you, Obviously, you have to hire them, but that's cheaper than $60 million. And you get this tree, you're going to find a tall, skinny guy, a short, uh, stocky guy, and they're the lookouts. You capture them first. And you force them to bring you to the house that they're holding this girl. Now, you need to know, when you get, when you go up the road, you're going to go a certain distance, and you're going to see a certain house. Right in that area, there's going to be six more of these gangsters. Be careful for them. You're going to have to um, either capture them or have a shootout with them. And then you go down the road, and that's the house, and that's where the, the girl's been kidnapped, and you'll find her there. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. It's a wild story. But there's people that vouch for this story. Special light. He could see what's going on around the world. Was it prophecy? Was it... Was it some type of Ruch HaKadosh? Was it this light? I have no idea, but it's an amazing story. So that's this first day light. We're going to try to get through a few of the days, as many as I could in my 
short amounts of time today because we spend so much time talking about what's going on in the world right now. Second day, second day, the upper and lower waters were separated, meaning that the heaven was, whatever was going on in the heaven, it was like sort of solidified and separated from the world down here. So it says the upper waters, whatever that means, and the lower waters were separated. So the Medrash says, the lower waters said, hey, it's not fair. Like, why does that water get to be in heaven near God? And we're stuck here in, in this world. We, we don't like that. So God says, you're right. Whatever that means. So God said, every sacrifice, right? The idea of a sacrifice is you're bringing something up to serve God. Every sacrifice must be salted. Where's the salt going to come from? It's going to come from the sea. You're going to take the water. Gonna, gonna, um, you're going to let the water evaporate. You're going to be left with salt. You're going to take that salt and put, put it on a sacrifice. That becomes the water getting its chance to be holy. And I guess that appeased the water. Again, whatever that means. Um, and because of that, by the way, because of that, um, we have salt on our table by meals. There's a concept that we have salt on our table because the table, our table, becomes like our altar. We're supposed to to not speak Lashon Hara, not slander. We're supposed to say Torah thoughts. We're supposed to teach people to be good. The, the table, we say blessings. The table is a place. The food we're eating is all in service of God. So therefore, our table becomes our altar. That's why I'm forever telling children because children have to hear it a lot of times, so they get older, so we don't sit on a table. I know for some of you that sounds like archaic, but we teach our children and adults, we don't sit on tables. Why? Because a table is like the altar. That has to be the, the, the way we look at our tables. We've talked in the past. The famous Rebbeinu B'chayi says in France, when the head of the household, when the father would die, and they actually buried, they they used the wood from his dining room table or kitchen table. I don't know if they had dining rooms, but they took the wood from the kitchen table and they made the casket. Now, if you knew, if you understood that you're going to be buried in with wood from the table that you sit at every day, what are you going to do by that table? Are you going to use it? Are you going to talk nicely? Are you going to be respectful? Are you going to use it to serve God? Are you going to use it to study Torah? Or are you going to use it for, I don't know what? Right? Uh, knowing that this table is going to be your coffin gives a certain, uh, will, will make sure that your table is a beautiful place to be when you're eating meals and you'll be careful with your blessings. Um, once we're talking about God's creating the world and how everything's created and everything is perfect, it's just a quick thought because there's a lot of thoughts we're trying to get through a few days of creation with just just to bring out important thoughts. And I was I may not be able to really understand what was going on during the creation, but at least thoughts I can have. So Victor Miller said that a person has to appreciate what he has. You have to make sure to actually recognize the good that God gave you. 
he told the person, when you give somebody a present, like you have a watch, right? So sometimes these watches, you know, they have stickers, uh, 17 jewels, waterproof, and this, and automatic. And when you give that watch for a present, you should leave the sticker on. And the reason is because you got to recognize the person receiving the present needs to know what he's receiving. Like, let me know the beauty of this present. Don't let me guess, right? When Hashem and God is going through each day of creation, of what was created, we need to know what kind of present we are receiving. Right? A person has to recognize the body that we have, the way the body functions is so amazing. Right? We got to recognize the present that God has given us. Right? And he said, interesting, Victor Miller, he says, the quality of our lives depends on recognizing all the good we have. If you only notice what you're missing, think about this, right? For this lesson alone. If you only notice what you're missing, you are the poorest person ever. If all you can think about is, I don't have this, I don't have this, and he has this, and I don't have this, and I wish I had this, and I want this, you know, I wanted to win the, uh, the lottery, right? The, uh, the uh, what was it, Powerball? 1.7 billion? I really wanted to win it. I'm not sure if I really wanted to win it, but I think I wanted to win it. I mean, I bought a ticket, right? If all you see is what you're missing, you are a poor person. You want to be wealthy, recognize everything you have. If you could sit there and say, I have, if you have a wife, if you have a spouse, if you have children, if you have health, if you have enough money in your bank account so you can put food on the table, if you have enough money in your bank account that you can pay your mortgage, if you have enough money in your bank account that you can take care of your car payments, if you don't have car, car payments, even better. If you recognize what you have, you are a wealthy person. Part of the lesson of, of every day of creation, of what was created, is recognizing what, what we have. Look at all the good. What happens on the third day? So the world was totally submerged in water. So God said on the third day, okay, the water is going to separate into the oceans and the land is going gonna, is gonna to be separate from the ocean. Why doesn't the land forever get flooded? Yes, I know there's floods once in a while in certain areas. I understand coastlines for sure. Uh, rivers overflow, but it's for the most part temporary, right? The, uh, God made boundaries and told the waters, you can't flood the world. You can't just overwhelm the world and the world will become one big ocean, right? There's land and there's water. There has to be a separation. God sent, set the boundaries for it, the sand, whatever it is, there's boundaries. The water can only go so far. And then, and then... Um, and then the God created the trees and the plants and the flowers and the grass, the, just the beauty of seeing nice flowers. This year, my wife wanted, you know, all these nice flowers in the front yard. She had somebody uh, plant them. She had to buy some of them. And of course I took care of them. Like she doesn't know from watering flowers. Yeah. Wait for the rain. You wait for the rain. Your flowers all die. So for 
June and July, I spent a lot of time watering the flowers. We did go away, but once the, once everything was was the the roots were deep into the ground, so the the flowers grew. They're humongous. It's like this this huge carpet. It's a very tall carpet, by the way. But this thick carpet of flowers now in front of the house is beautiful. Okay, now it's um, mid October, so the flowers slowly but surely are uh, on their way out. We've had such nice weather that the flowers still exist. Normally they'd be gone by mid-September. But here we are almost mid-October, and we still have all these beautiful flowers. And Hashem gives us beautiful things. Hashem gives us food. I was talking with my son last night. We were studying. Um, and it was a concept I was trying to bring out. They said, uh, imagine a guy comes from the moon. And you tell the guy, you see that tree out there? In the spring, there's going to be apples growing on that tree. What? Fruit coming out of the tree? What are you, crazy? How does food come out of a tree? Was it stored inside the trunk? No, it grows. And right? Sometimes we become so used to stuff, it, it seems normal. I'm not exactly sure what's normal about fruit growing from a tree branch. I'm not sure what's normal when I plant a seed and I get a tomato plant and I have tomatoes for breakfast. Here comes the music, right? But the goal, right, we're trying to point out all the amazing gifts that God has given to us. But the music is playing. Hope you enjoyed, enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you for our wonderful sponsor, listeners. I couldn't do it without you. Thank you on the production team. Now, I started with Alan, but the voice sounds like Cisco. So I'd like to thank my production team today. Hope I've left you with some food for thought. Until next time. I am Rabbi T. Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it. There's a house we can build Every room inside is filled With things from far away Special things